Hello Kinksters and welcome to Kinky Monster. I'm Simon the Dom and this is where we discuss all things kinky. But please remember, these are my own opinions and thoughts. So if you feel differently, that's fine. Just stay safe and respectful to each other. You too can become a kinky little monster by following my podcast for awesome kink content. Anyway, without further ado, if you're new to kink or not, grab a drink and get comfy for a spanking good time. So today's topic is all about red flags, what to watch out for. No matter what website you use or how you end up in kink, here are some red flags, you know, that you need to be careful and mindful of. These apply to everyone, no matter what role or gender or how you identify in kink. So how can you tell a good egg from a bad egg? Well, apart from sticking them in some water and seeing if they float or if they sink, no that's not a kink well it's not a kink as far as i know anyway (laughs) this is what we'll explore today in today's episode so i hope i can give you some kinky ammo to add to your arsenal when you're looking for someone but ultimately the choice well it comes down to you guys and just remember one thing stay safe and if it doesn't feel comfortable don't do it it isn't easy to find somebody for kink No matter who you are, life is plagued with all sorts of obstacles. You know, especially on the internet. You have fakes, you have catfish, you have bots, you have people just touting for business. You have all sorts of stuff that you have to sift through just to get to some people that might match your criteria. You know, and then when you do, you've got to get on with them. You've got to share interests, the same sort of values. Well, to a degree you have to. Then you have to have the same kinks or some of the same kinks. Your roles have to align. Then you have to be in the right location. You know, sometimes you want to travel, sometimes you don't want to travel. And there's just so much to it that no wonder people are quite eager and keen just to get on with, you know, finding someone and doing some kink. But believe me, I've been here long enough to understand that it just takes a bit of common sense, a bit of time and to step back and analyze you know the the type of people that you're talking to make sure they're the right person for you so yes the pool is small but you will find someone there are some factors that dictate success you know there's a mixture of luck getting involved with the community um, having some friends just reaching out to people but you will find someone whether that's for a play partner or someone long term it can take time but hang in there because we've all been through it and it's not easy for anybody but you will find someone so with this in mind i've put together a little tick list i guess of um, red flags to watch out for which i wish somebody would have told me when i started my journey you know it would have saved a lot of time sifting through all of those people i was talking to and making contact with um so the sections of basically we're going to talk about are things like the approach the website profiles on dating sites and all that kind of stuff conversations people have with you their behavior and then maybe like a summary just to sort of break it all down and get it all concise into a nice little package for you um who knows maybe one day i'll put together a tick list and we can uh, have a nice document to go through when you're actually looking for someone. It's very pragmatic, I understand, but 
that's kind of how I roll. I'm quite a logical person and I like to have uh, lists for basically everything. So anyway, let's crack on with this. So approach, what do I mean about approach? I'm talking about how people approach you and where they approach you or vice versa. You know, you, you approach somebody um, and this tends to be on a website, you know, perhaps it's a dating site or something or a forum site. It could be in real life um, or it could be some sort of random encounter. I've had a random encounter before. I was many years ago when I was kind of starting out in kink and I went on a vanilla date and kind of told them, oh, I'm getting into kink. And they said, oh, so am I. I love kink. And they were like, let's go back and do something. At the time, I was a bit naive and I thought, mm. but I didn't in the end. I didn't go back and do anything with them. I'm kind of glad because looking back on it, I thought, well, yeah, that's that's not right. You shouldn't do things just straight off the bat after like one date or during the date. You know, you need to get to know somebody. Let's start with the obvious one, websites. Um, you get dating websites, you get forum websites. You know, FetLife is a bit of a mix as an example, but generally someone will direct message you or you will message them. And that could be a reply to a forum post, or it could be they're reaching out to you or you're reaching out to them. So when that happens, I think it's good to look at the content of the message and, and how they have, you know, approached you. It's things like, are they respectful? Do they address you personally? Have they shown that they've read your profile or the message you put on the forum? You know, these, these sort of things will speak volumes to you because if they start talking to you like they own you or something, like, you know, they should address you with some respect, like, hey, how are you doing? You know, how's your day going? Oh, nice forum post. You know, I'm kind of into the same kinks you are. Would you like to talk? That kind of thing. Instead of saying something like, get on your knees, slut. You're going to suck my cock and I own you. It's like, oh, well, hang on, dude. I might like that, but I'm not a piece of meat and we're not in a dynamic. You know, that kind of talk off the bat is abusive behavior and it is a massive red flag. So without establishing a dynamic in the first place, you know, this kind of talk is just not on. I mean, there is a place for it when you're in a dynamic, but I'm not going to open that can of worms today. You know, we can talk about those sort of kinks further down the line. Really, you know, it's just about being sensible. If someone's texting you and they want money off you or they want you to be a follower and they've got thousands of followers and they're just in it for the internet clout or friends collecting, um, or they're asking to control you straight away and demanding other stuff too early. They're, these things are massive red flags. And to be honest, it's just creepy. People shouldn't be talking to you like that straight off the bat. You know, you, these are the sorts of things you do in a, like in an established dynamic. Um, now, when I say, you know, just to mention the money thing, because there are fin doms out there. So just wanted to sort of clarify that point for you. Uh, the other type of approach, I guess, is in real life. Now, this could be 
could be anywhere maybe you're just talking to some friends or maybe you're in a pub and people are drinking and they're talking about kink um could be that you're at a munch or an actual kink event just because you're at an event or you're talking in real life with somebody wherever it may be doesn't mean they should be you know talking to you differently as they would do on the internet you know they shouldn't be pressuring you to do anything there and then or getting information out of you that will compromise you or make you feel uncomfortable. Most kinky people that go to events um, or are just kinky, you know, they respect and understand rules at events and even just the social etiquette of being kinky. So if they're being rude, aggressively sexual, touching you inappropriately or, you know, at all, because they should ask permission just to like give you a hug or something or whatever it may be, then you should report them to the people who are running the event or grab a friend if it's a social encounter, you know, at a pub or something, and just make sure that you're safe because that person is being completely inappropriate, especially if they think they know about kink and they talk about it, then yeah, that's, that's a huge red flag. One example is a friend of mine was at a munch and some guy was touching her arm and saying, come back to my place, I'll take pictures of you and it'll be awesome, all that kind of stuff. And it was completely disgusting and inappropriate. So she told the event organizer, they kicked him out and then they escorted her home, which was great, you know. And I think that most people in our sort of lifestyle understand how to behave. And just behave like a decent human being anyway. But for those that don't, you know, you have to be quite careful of them. I suppose the last way that somebody might approach you is through someone you know. And sometimes this happens when you speak with a kinky friend or they know somebody else that's kinky and they think, oh, they, they could be good for you. And that, that's fine. That's great. Just make sure that the person you know knows that person well enough not like a friend of a friend because that's when you'd be like think oh okay um you don't really know that person but you said you did so just make sure they know about them their kinks how they conduct themselves because otherwise you might be in a predicament that you don't want to be in one day with that person especially if you you know do something a bit too soon with that person so it's just i know it's a bit of an out there one just you know, kind of saying, make sure that you do your due diligence and your friend has done their due diligence, if I can put my teeth in, um, as well. The next natural step, I guess, nice little segue, is into people's profiles on websites, dating sites, forum sites, whatever the medium is. I think that, you know, content speaks volumes. So pictures, writings, bios, all that kind of stuff, it all accumulates into who you're actually conversing with. So I look at how many pictures does somebody have? What type of pictures do they have? If they've got no pictures, you're like, oh, that's uh, why haven't you got a picture of yourself? Um, that's fine. If you're hiding some pictures because of privacy, maybe you share it when you become friends. Not a problem, you know, but if you've got no pictures and no writing, no bio, no nothing, it's like, mm, who am I actually talking to here? I don't, I can't gauge what sort of person I'm interacting with. And I wouldn't interact with them anyway. But yeah, so things like that, 
are a red flag if there's not a lot of content, not a lot of meat to the bone. But also, it can go the other way. If somebody's got like hundreds and hundreds of pictures, what are they there for? Are they there to just have lots of friends? Are they there to promote their OnlyFans, which is fair enough if that's what you want to do? Or are those pictures fake? Do they look fake? There's an actual website. I can't remember what the hell it's called. I'll have to find it and tell you guys later. But there's an actual website where you can get a picture and you can put it into the website. And it can tell you if it's anywhere else on the internet. And some people do a lot of that. You know, they just get fake pictures or pictures of other people and put it onto their profile, which is a bit scummy, if you ask me. But there you go. Which kind of leads me on to the other, you know, side of the coin about their bio and their profile. Do they have enough in there that you can talk to them about? Was it just one line? Is there no text? How long is the profile being up? Is it an established profile? Is it brand new? Is it just used for botting or getting money out of people? Or some random person has made a profile with little in it just so they can get laid? I think a lot of this stuff not one little thing will kind of raise a red flag it it normally accumulates you'll notice that people will uh, people are lazy basically if they want to scam you if they want to just get laid or if they, they'll put no effort into their profile and it'll become very apparent so my advice is just stay away from those sort of profiles so the final piece i guess to profiles are Things like community and how do they interact with the community. So where you've got a forum-based website, say like FetLife, does this person have, you know, friends on their profile? Do they interact with those friends? Do they talk on forums or post on forums? Do they send out lots of forum posts looking for different people to have sex with? These are the sort of things that can draw attention to you know, alarms that are going off in your head and red flags. So I think, like I said before, it's not one thing. It's probably many things that accumulate on a profile. And I think if you're, a, you know, one of those decent users on a website, then you will have a good profile and you will put effort into your profile because you're there not just to scam someone or just to have a shag. You're actually there to interact with the community and to explore kink so you found somebody on a website or wherever you have vetted their profile or them as a person and you think hey yeah i can talk to this person they're, they're pretty cool so how does a conversation go and i think that conversations can be broke down into several kind of key aspects how do they interact with you what sort of questions do they ask you? What sort of conversation are you having back and forth? And kind of what's, what's the sort of content of that conversation? How do they interact with you? Well, they should be respectful. They should be mindful of you as a person and respect your limits, respect your desires. They should talk about things other than kink, you know, um, you might have a love of gaming and so might they. So they should be establishing a connection with you above and beyond just how do you have an orgasm. They should take an interest in you, not just what they can get from you, basically. When you do get to talk about kink with somebody, 
they should talk to you first about respect, safety, consent, any triggers, things like that. Things that we spoke about in the first podcast. This should be at the forefront of any kinky conversation because without that, you can't move forward and delve into the actual, you know, desires of somebody or what kinks they want to explore. They need to ask the right questions. You know, so they're not talking to you and asking anything too personal. Where do you live? What's your telephone number? They're not pressuring you to giving up information that will compromise you as a person and, and your life. They should always put your private life first. Um, you know, it's okay to talk about kink and life and interests, but nothing that will give them leverage over you if this sort of person you're engaging with turns out to be a bit of a dickhead. Which kind of brings me on to my next point about texting and talking. Um, don't give out your number too soon because, yeah, there's some weird people out there, even though you can block them. And also, when you want to swap numbers, make sure it feels right for you. If you feel vulnerable, um, it, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter who you are or what walk of life you come from, you can put things in place to keep you safe. So th the person you're talking to shouldn't be asking you over and over again, give me your number or whatever. They should say to you, when you feel comfortable, we can swap numbers. And again, that goes for them as well. But there are ways to call people or contact them. I've had people say, hey, look, you know what? I want to talk to you. It's been a few weeks, but would you give me your number? And I'll call you, but it will be from a withheld number. And sometimes I've said, mm, sorry, no, I'm not comfortable with that. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, I get a good vibe off you. And I've done that and it's worked out okay. I think once it didn't and I just blocked the person and never heard from them again so fine no problem there the the other thing I want to talk about and I guess it's one of the last points is uh, behavior and this can throw up a lot of red flags for somebody so it's kind of analyzing thinking in your brain oh how do they act when we are over the internet or how do they act when we're in real life together you know um, when do they reply to you on a website how often do they reply? You know, are they replying to you at like two in the morning once a week or every night? And you're thinking, why are you, you know, unless you've got a night job, why are you uh, texting me that sort of time of night? And and the way they talk to you as well, you know, so kind of all these things can accumulate into a few red flags, um, especially in real life. So if they talk to you on the phone, but, oh, I can only call you from my car. Why can't you call me from inside your house? You know, you're cheating on somebody. What's going on there? Um, can they only meet at odd times? Are they too pushy to meet up? Are they avoiding you? Are they saying, well, you we can't do this, you can't do that, you can't call me this time? I mean, there might be some legitimate reasons why they can't, but, you know, overall, you can kind of tell if something's up. This, you know, kind of goes naturally into when you're going to meet up with somebody you should do it when it feels right for you obviously but don't meet up too soon you know can't say when is the right time i think for me it's just about putting several steps in place so you feel confident and secure when you do meet that person so my steps are i talk to them on a website for a while if it is you know that's where you meet them um 
I see who I'm talking to, like maybe a picture or maybe you do uh, a video call or something. Um, so when you swap the numbers, eventually you text for a bit, you make a phone call or a video call. And then when you know they're the real, they're not going to catfish you or they're not some sort of psycho, then you can arrange to meet. But when you do, for God's sake, meet, meet in public and only for a social meet. Do not meet up with the, oh, do you know what? If we like each other, let's do a load of kink. No, don't do that. Make it social. Make it brief just for an hour or two or whatever. After you've met them and you think, oh, they're cool. I hang out with them. We had a good time. Talk a bit more, you know, and then maybe you can plan a kink session uh, with some safety aspects in place, you know, Things like make sure you're in a safe space. So you might want to do this in a hotel room away from your home or whatever it may be. And have no preconceived, like no preconceived expectations, I guess. So like keep the sessions short, keep it light. So you're not doing anything too heavy. Uh, you're not putting yourself in a predicament where you feel unsafe. So don't let somebody completely tie you up, gag you and blindfold you. And you've got no control. And then, you know, after the session, have a talk about it. Decide if you want to continue. I mean, it doesn't have to be like straight away. Like the minute you stop having sex, have a chat. I'm talking like it could be an hour later. It could be later that day or whenever. But then treat it as if like, you know, you might get on in life. You might get on when you meet, but you may not get on when you do kink. And that's just life. But then if you do, great you can talk about going forwards with that person that was a lot of information i hope i haven't you know overloaded your brain with all of that so i think i'd like to sort of bring it all back in and kind of help you guys to think well oh, these are a few several things i can put in place to make sure i stay safe to make sure i can understand what red flags are popping up in front of me and i can recognize that they're a red flag um it kind of goes back to the ssc which isn't like a sofa company or anything um google it it's basically stay safe sane and consensual what does that mean well safety first you know things like sexual health um physical safety mental safety with your with your mental health um stay sane don't do kink on drugs or alcohol or a place of mental vulnerability are you being too keen and doing something with somebody you normally wouldn't do. You know, those are the sort of things where you have to sort of check, do a sanity check on it. And then the last thing is consensual. Pretty obvious, but I think it does need to be said. All parties need to agree on the kinks you do, when you do them, and when to stop. You know, I, I think that just because you've done a kink with someone doesn't mean you have the right to do that kink all the time. So... To give you an example of this, it could be that you and your partner or your, you know, your your new partner that you're playing with have done anal sex before. It doesn't mean that you can go around to that person's house and just do that when you fancy it. This all goes back to communication and making sure you have a, a plan, even if it's a rough plan of what you guys want to do that day or evening and making sure that they're okay with it. You know, people aren't robots. They change each day with what they like, what they don't like, what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. It comes down to judgment and safety. If you remember anything from this podcast, 
Remember this. Get to know them first. People on both sides of the fence need to stay safe. It doesn't matter what role you take on. If you're a sub, a dom, a switch, a top, a bottom, a baby girl, whatever, the list goes on. How someone interacts with you speaks volumes. Are they demanding too soon? Are they talking to you as if they were already in a dynamic with no boundaries and agreements that have been put into place? You know, if, if this is the case, then that's a massive red flag. Don't swap details too soon. Only move on to phone or meeting when you feel ready. You know, a good person will always respect that. Even if they want to meet sooner, but you don't, then that's, you know, another incompatibility for both of you because people have different timelines. You know, I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, it's when you're both ready to meet. When you meet, do it in a social and public place only and tell someone where you're going. Even if you share your location with a friend on something like Google Maps, it's always better that you're safe. And, and the person you're meeting, tell them, hey, I've told my friend I'm here. You know, that way that person knows that you're safe and they should be doing the same as well. Maybe some of this is obvious, maybe not so much. But it's easy to forget these things when you're when you're in the moment. It's hard to find someone. You know, the pool is small, but stay positive. Surround yourself with good people. I know you can be keen to start a kink or a new dynamic. I've been there too. But take a step back, take a breath, and put some basic rules in place for yourself. Then things should go a lot smoother. If that person wants to do kink with you, they will respect this. And it's a lot more fun and fulfilling to take your time getting to know someone. You know, it might be a week, might be a month. It's whatever feels right for both of you. At the end of the day, we're all human. And that kind of brings me on to my final bit, honourable mentions. We've got a bit of time, so I thought I'd add this in. Um, I've been catfished a few times. There was a man who said they were a woman and I didn't even click. And my partner at the time, she said, mm, I don't think that's a woman. I'm like, really? And then when I found out it was a dude, I was like, oh, why? And he was like, oh, I'm just lonely. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a shame, mate. That's a real shame. Maybe you should interact with people in the community a bit more. And that's when she said, no, what he's doing to you is wrong. And I was like, okay, maybe. But there you go. Um, I've had a few funny dates. Um, went on a date with a person that said they were a witch and... They could talk to the dead, but only when they were pissed. That was interesting, three hours. Uh, I had a lady wee on me. We sat by the canal, and she sat on my lap. This was like the second date or something, and um, she just weed on me. Yeah, that was nice, and I asked her why. She said, oh, I love it. And I was like, mm, no, thank you. That was very disrespectful, and I had to drive home in wet trousers, or pants if you're American. Uh, I've had people ghost me a few times as well. Just a little, you know, interesting fact about ghosting. It's not great. It's not nice. If you ghost people, then yeah, you're a bit of a silly sausage. Just talk to them. Tell them the reasons why. And I've actually reached out to people that have ghosted me a few times over the years. And some of them have been kind enough to respond and say why. And their reasons are varied. You know, they're not interested anymore, but they don't like confrontation. Uh, they have life issues going on. Uh, they, you know... They didn't realize that they were ghosting me. They were just like, oh, we had a bit of fun. And then I just didn't contact you. So it's not necessarily you as a person why they're ghosting you. It's more, it could be them. They, they were 
different factors involved. So don't feel bad if someone ghosts you. You can try and reach out to them and say, hey, you know, can you let me know why you stopped doing this with me? And maybe they'll respond, maybe they won't. And lastly, I'd like to shout out some awesome people in my life because let's end on a positive note. Obviously, there's my wife and she found me on a fetish site. She chased me. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was being catfished, but nope. So, yep, thank you to you. You're amazing. Uh, Past play partners and kind of people that have been in my life for more than a few months. I've had some awesome times with you. I've grown as a person and I've learned so much about kink and the community. It's been absolutely amazing. And lastly, all my friends into the in the community. Uh, I go to events and whatnot. I've met some awesome people. They've enriched my life. And I tend to surround myself with people that I like and my wife likes as well because we have things in common that aren't just kink. So I'm quite geeky. I like gaming. I like sci-fi. I like high fantasy stuff. You know, I love D&D. Don't get me to... I'll just... I'll, no, I won't. I won't talk about D&D. I'll be here forever. Thank you for listening. Um, before I go, I will give you some final thoughts on stuff that's coming up. I'm going to be putting together a platform where our little community can share thoughts and grow together. I'm not sure how and when that will happen, but please follow my podcast to help me grow. Uh, I think I'm going to release other types of podcasts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like topics like this, but maybe in between each one, I might talk for maybe five, 10 minutes about kinks. So I literally say, this is a kink. This is what it means. You know, this is what how you perform that kink. So it might give you guys a bit more info about kinks themselves. Uh, what else? Oh, I might actually start a TikTok, a YouTube and an Instagram at some point. But I think that will be for different content, not just like, you know, slapping this on there. Once I, you know, create all of this stuff, I'll put the links in the bio of um, my channel, the rss.com channel. But obviously, if you're listening to it on another platform, it should automatically go on there, I hope. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But for now, stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you lovely people again. Goodbye.